But Father, pour your wisdom out upon us. Help us to to learn what it is uh, to walk wisely, to follow hard after you, to to prioritize you in daily ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. may be seated. Um, Last week, uh, after the sermon on going through suffering, I had somebody come up to me and say, yeah, but how do we do that? I mean, I know, I get the theory, they were basically saying, I get the theory, God wants to take us through things instead of us kind of wandering around, running in circles and never getting anywhere. God wants to get us through it so, you know, we can get it behind us and move into where he wants us to be. But how do we do that? What are the, you know, what do I do daily to help with that process? And I thought it was a great question. Um, And so, wouldn't you know it, this week's lectionary does bring up some stuff that actually helps to answer that question. Uh, It also stands on its own, you know, so if you haven't heard last Sunday's, uh, you you can stay in here. You're not making, hopefully it'll be good and beneficial. But buckle up, because we've got to cover some stuff, okay? Uh, We're going to move kind of quickly through this, uh, because... I'm hoping this is going to give us some insight on not only what to do on a daily basis with the choices we have when we are suffering so we can get through it, but also whether or not you're suffering. I hope this will speak to you and help you where you are. And also, I hope it helps you avoid getting into a place where you're suffering. Uh, Sometimes it just comes on you, you know. Rain falls on the just and unjust, the wise, the unwise. You know, there are things that happen, but a lot of life is dealing with the choices that we've made for good or for bad, isn't it? Yep. Okay, I'm in the right room then. Good. Like uh, Bob said, this passage that we're going to be looking at is in James chapter 3. Get your Bibles out. I'm going to give us an introduction before we get there so you have time to look it up and figure out where it is. James chapter 3, I'll start in verse 13. But here's the preamble. I want to look today on on checkpoints on the path of wisdom to figure out where, how can we know if we're doing the right thing. Uh, James talks about wisdom. He gives us some road signs, some checkpoints to let us know if that's the path that we're walking down. And if it's not, how do we get there? The path that takes us through suffering, the path that helps us to avoid suffering so we don't even have to go there in the beginning. Is that a good idea? Yes. Okay, good. I'm in the right room. Wisdom is important for that. I'd say it's darn near central for that. So... Let's look at some wisdom from the scriptures about the paths that we can choose. Like Proverbs 9, 11, wisdom is a good thing. It will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you'll be the one to, everybody, suffer. Wisdom sounds like a pretty good deal right away, doesn't it? So how, how, how do you get wise? Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. Now, I'm not talking about being scared of God. Oh, no, he's going to get me. I'm talking about this is how they, they used to talk and say, we really need to recognize who God is. That God is large and in charge. 
that we should honor him, submit to him, reverence him. But also, it's rooted in the idea that God is good and loving and faithful. He's a heavenly father, not a heavenly beater-upper. To fear the Lord is to say, you know what, you're God and I'm not. You're the teacher, I'm the student. Whatever you say, I already have said yes. That's what it is, to fear the Lord. And wisdom starts with saying yes to God before you even know what he's asking you to do. It's just like, whatever it is, yes, I'm there. So, this is a dangerous world. And God has given us a promise that he will protect us if we're willing to walk on the path of wisdom. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six: He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. So it's, again, this sounds like a good deal. It means that obeying his commands and living a life according to his wisdom and what he wants should be very high on our priority list. There's a benefit that comes from it. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Get it. Go after it. Wisdom is worth having more than riches because, frankly, riches without wisdom means what will you have soon? Not much. So what is it? What is wisdom? Wisdom, this is one way to look at it. Wisdom is applying knowledge. Wisdom is not the knowledge. Wisdom is knowing how to apply it correctly and how to apply it righteously. So what do I mean by that? There can be a big difference in the ways that you can apply knowledge. You can apply knowledge in a way that will bring harm to innocent people or that will benefit innocent people. One of those is wise. You can apply knowledge to shortcut what is legal and moral, maybe to put extra shekels in your pocket, pocket. Or you can apply knowledge in a way that you stay legal and moral and you get to keep the shekels in your pocket and stay out of jail. One of those is wise. People too often evaluate the choices that we make by asking this question. Is there anything wrong with it? I mean, if I do that, is there anything wrong with it? And, and you think, well, I can't think of any sermons against doing that. I can't think of any uh, uh, verses against that. And, and we come to a, a conclusion that if we can't see anything wrong with it, then it must be okay. But there's a problem with asking this as, as the question that you evaluate your life choices by asking this question. Well, I want to go there. Is there anything wrong with going there? Because that question really, in essence, is another question and will certainly lead to another question, which is, how close can I get to the edge of sinning without sinning? 
if this were a cliff, I'm, I'm up here on the little step for those of you who come. If this were a cliff, am I safer back here or up here? I'm safer back there. Is there anything wrong with being here on the edge? Am I, is this sin? No, it's not. I'm, I haven't fallen off the cliff. There's nothing wrong with it. Therefore, it must be okay. But here's the problem. You're very close to going someplace you never intended to go. How far can I go in a physical relationship when I'm not married to them? Where's the line? How close can I get to the line? Because I kind of like the idea of having a physical relationship. Uh, how creative can I get with my business practices before I run afoul of doing things that I shouldn't do? How, how, how much can I drink before I hit that line and, and step over the line? Um, what, what movies can I watch? What TikToks can I browse? I mean, is there anything wrong with watching that movie? I mean, that's a popular movie, right? If you use that as your evaluation, you're really saying, how close can I get to sin without sinning? Here's a better question. Is it the wise thing to do? Is it wiser for me to try and ride the edge? Or is it wiser for me to step back from the edge? I mean, the answer is obvious, right? The answer is obvious. When you tiptoe and get too close to the edge of that sin or not sin line, it's much easier to fall into a situation where you end up saying, I didn't know that would happen. I didn't know he would, would take it that way. I didn't know she'd respond that way. I didn't realize I don't think that we plan to get, any tr- get into trouble. We just don't plan not to. I don't think there's anybody in this room or that's watching on here who plans to drift away from God. And some of us have. I don't think there's anybody in here who plans to become addicted to alcohol or tobacco or something else. You didn't plan that. But there you are. I don't think you plan to become alienated from your friends, your parents, your children, your spouse. Nobody, nobody in here got married planning, you know, well, in about three and a half years, let's get a divorce. Ready to walk the aisle? We don't plan those things, do we? And yet we end up in those places because we didn't plan not to. Wisdom is God's plan to help protect us, to protect our kids, to protect our families, our church, our our society from going places that we never intended to go and dealing with consequences we never wanted to deal with. So how can you tell if you're on the path of wisdom? That's what James talks about today. And so I hope you have your... uh, your, your, your notebook ready, because we're going to fly through a few things. This is coming from James 3, verses 13 through 18, where he talks about wisdom. 
First checkpoint is to be humble. He says, if you're wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works, and check out this phrase, with the humility that comes from wisdom. Humility comes from wisdom. This is a signpost. Are you walking a path that's helping you to be humble? I'm not talking about to be humiliated. That's different. That's not a good path, right? But to be humble as opposed to proud or self-centered. It's Humble means you're not thinking less of yourself, but you are thinking of yourself less. Is the path that you're on, are the decisions that you're making, the choices that you're making, leading you to a place where you're thinking of yourself less? That's a signpost. That, that's a, a checkpoint to see where am I? It's also a signpost on how to get to wisdom is to start making choices that are humble choices. Are you, are, are the path that you're on, is it a path that is helping you to prioritize other people, to look after their needs and wants, and even to, you know, to kind of go without yourself at times so that you can help others? Not just look after yourself. That's selfish if you're only looking after you, and James talks about that next. He warns you there's another path of jealousy and selfishness. Here's what he says. Verse 14, if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. And then he lays it on. He lets you know, y'all, you know, buckle up here. Such things, jealousy and selfishness, those are earthly he says, mm, that didn't explain it well enough. They're unspiritual. That doesn't tell the whole picture. What else can I, how can I communicate the whole picture of what it is to be jealous and selfish? It's demonic. That's how demons act. Ooh. <laughs> it's not good, right? Are you jealous? Are you bitter about things? Are you selfish? And just ambitious for getting those things that benefit you? That's your primary concern? Are you boasting? Are you lying? Then you're not on a path of wisdom. Be careful. Warning. Mark, 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 mark. You're going down a path that will lead you where you don't want to end up. And this is the signpost to let you know. <laughs> Back up. Reconsider, go somewhere else. Instead, look at these other markers. Look for them, not only humility, but look for things like this. He said, the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. So there's a checkpoint. There's, there's something to look for, a signpost. Is this helping me become pure? Well, what does that mean? It, it means innocent. It means it, it's moral. Is this a moral choice that I'm making? Is this choice aligning with what God has revealed in Scripture that His will is for me? That's what it means. 
Is this helping me get back to the roots of how God wants me to live, who he wants me to be? Is it consistent? Can I look God in the eye and still make this choice? Or am I going to be ashamed about it? If it goes against God's counsel in Scripture, you're not on the right path. It not only won't benefit you in the long run, you're going to end up in a place of suffering. In all likelihood, it leads too close to the edge. All right, next checkpoint, peace-loving. The wisdom that comes from heaven is also peace-loving. So are you able to look at, uh, at the checkpoints on this path that you're walking, the choices that you're making, and it's helping you to love peace more, to, to do those things that bring peace into your life? It, it, we're called to live at peace with others. Um, we're told if somebody has something against you or you have something against somebody else, go and work it out. It's highly, it's more important than your worship to go and work it out. Get it done. Go and have the talk. It's awkward, I know. Yeah, but go do it. Live at peace with folks. We're supposed to work it out. But there's another dimension to what peace loving means. It doesn't just mean an absence of conflict. Because, like we said before, James is Jesus' brother, lived at the time. He's Jewish. Jewish people spoke era, Aramaic. Jewish people spoke Aramaic. And, and we translated, you know, a lot, long time ago people translated a lot of this into Greek. Now we translate it into English. But I'm betting that when, that when James is... Thinking and speaking Aramaic, he's writing to other Jewish people who think in and speak Aramaic. He's probably having something in mind about peace, like Aramaic people think of peace. And that word is, anybody? Shalom. And shalom doesn't mean an absence of conflict. Shalom means wholeness in every area of your life. It means wholeness in your relationships. You have good, healthy, solid relationships. It means wholeness in your health. Not, not beset by, you know, awful things and sicknesses and, and, and all that. It's, it's being whole and healthy and able to do. In your finances, you're not upside down in debt. You're saving money. You're doing the right things. You're making good choices. In your actions, there's a wholeness and a health in your actions. So I'm betting, I can't prove it, but I'm betting that with an Aramaic-speaking person writing to Aramaic-speaking people about peace, he has this in mind. Are the choices that you're making bringing you into health and wholeness? That's a sign that you're on the path of wisdom if they are. If they're not bringing you into health and wholeness. If, if you're abusing that body, if you're not valuing those relationships, you're probably on the wrong path. The path of wisdom is one that takes you toward wholeness in every area of life. It's wise to walk toward wholeness. That's a signpost to look for. 
Next checkpoint that he says is gentle. The wisdom from heaven is also gentle at all times. Ask, are these choices leading me to be patient? That's kind of what General is talking about. To willingly put up with the difficulty and the, you know, the things that come up without freaking out. There's a... I was I was amazed, you know, and I still am. Every time I travel over to Africa and I'm with a people, I mean, y'all, you don't know the blessings we have. We are wealthy beyond the imagining of most of the world. I don't care who you are in this room. And, and, and going and spending time amongst the people who have learned what it is to be long-suffering, to be patient. To be gentle, to not choose to be angry about it. Uh, to put up with the difficulties they face. And, and have phrases like we talked about last week, that suffering is a teacher. Which says to me they have realized it's not a bad thing. We can learn even from the hard points, right? I mean, this is... Are the choices that you're making helping you to be patient? Or does it lead you toward frustration and conflict and and impatience? Are you making appropriate choices? Or are are you reacting off the cuff and, and doing something that you regret later? The path of wisdom leads you to forbearance. The path of wisdom also leads you to be willing to yield to others. If you find yourself making choices and getting hard-headed and hard-hearted, you're probably not on the right path. You're not making the wise choices. Wisdom willingly receives counsel and submits for the good of other people. Wisdom receives counsel and submits to other people. Um, Proverbs 15.22, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Are you avoiding counsel? Because, I, yeah, if, if I go and ask them about this, they're, they're going to say it's a dumb idea, so I'm just not going to ask them. Mm, not wise. That's not wise to make choices like that. It is wise. To go and seek counsel from the best people you can get counsel from. Wisdom that comes from heaven is also full of mercy. Sorry, the checkpoint didn't, uh, you know, graphic problem there. But it's full of mercy. Imagine Will and Yield says full of mercy. Okay, Full of mercy. Wisdom is making choices that are compassionate. It's wise to show tenderness to others, to care for them. Philippians 2, 3, second half. In humility, consider others better or more important than yourselves. This is, this is a command. This is something like, no, really, do it. Look out for other people. Care for them. Be concerned with their well-being. Wise choices take others into account. 
And you look after them and trust God to look after you. It's wise to be concerned with how your choices affect other people. Is it a choice that, that shows that you're being kind? Is it likely to bring a hardship on other people? Wisdom considers those things and considers others. It's a checkpoint to look for. And if, you're, if you find out that's not, we'll start making choices that are kind and considerate of other people. And you'll find your way to the path of wisdom. He also goes and says, the fruit of good deeds. Again, graphic problems. I'm going to have to talk to my graphic artist. That's me. The fruit of good deeds. This, this doesn't just mean being nice to other people. It's deeper than that. It's the path, it's the path that you're on beneficial in bringing good things and healthy results for other people. And to you. Is there, what's the fruit that comes out of the choices that you're making? Is it good and whole and healthy? Or are you working 90 hours a week, which is great for, you know, your paycheck and you might be getting yourself in line for the promotion, but it's playing havoc with your family. And, and your kids are suffering and, and your spouse is, is upset and suffering and the stress level is high. It, that's not wise. The fruit that's coming out of it is unhealthy. Look at the fruit on the path that you're on. Look at the fruit coming out of the choices that you're making. Does it show that you're strengthening your relationship with God? With others? Your spouse, your children, your grandchildren? Does it result in greater wholeness? Do you look at the fruit, the, the things coming out of the choices that you're making? Are you able to save money or are you bouncing checks? Look at the fruit. Be honest with yourself about it. Are the people closest to you being wounded by the shrapnel of your choices? It's probably, you're probably not doing the wise thing. The wisdom from heaven also shows no favoritism. Wisdom helps you make choices that don't write off groups and people. and It helps us look at others the way that God looks at them. And he loves everyone impartially. He sent his son for everyone. He loves everyone. He, he disciplines everyone that he loves, which is everyone, which means that he's helping them to grow into maturity. He offers us the opportunity, everyone, to, to come to know him through Jesus. Now, if you find yourself that, that you yourself are on a path in large part because you're against a group, uh, a, a conglomeration, and you're making choices because of what you're against, look real close. At, at the path you're walking. It's wise to be fair and unbiased. Justice is supposed to be blind for a reason. To follow in God's footsteps. 
Wisdom that comes from heaven is also sincere. Think genuine. No hypocrisy. If the path that you are on, the choices that you're making, causes you to put on, you know, a, a, a metaphorical mask so that you're living one life but trying to appear another way before people, you're on the wrong path. The path of wisdom, the choices that are wise, are choices that you don't have to hide. You can be genuine about it. You can be open. Your life is an open book, and that's okay if you're making wise choices. If people knew what you were doing when you're not around other people, would you be embarrassed? Could they call you a hypocrite? If so... Get on a different path. Start making some different choices so that you can be genuine and that what who you are with other people is who you are always. If you have to be anything less than genuine, you could probably make some wiser choices. James continues, Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. If you make wise choices, you will reap the fruit of a life that's characterized by what James calls righteousness. Now, I don't want you to think of righteousness as being goody-goody. That's not really the depth of what it means. It's not that you're just doing everything correctly. That's how the Pharisees thought about it. And Jesus was constantly getting on their case because of it, right? Don't be like the Pharisees. The sense that we should really be tuned into is the sense of righteousness that this is the way things should be. When you look around and take stock of the life that you're living, and you look around and say, dang, wow, this feels right. Not only does it feel right, This is right. This is right where I need to be. If that's the sense. This is right. It's the place God wants me to be. If that's your sense, you, you have the right sense of this. Asking the question of is it wrong to go that way is not good enough to get you on these paths. On the path of wisdom. Asking the question, how close can I get to the edge before I step across the line, does not get you on this path. The better question is, in light of everything I know, in light of where I want to be, in light of what God wants for me, what's the wise thing to do? So take note of the signposts. Humble, pure, not jealous or selfish. Shalom loving, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, full of good deeds. Not playing favorites, sincere. And a harvest of, wow, this is right where I need to be. Those come from wise choices.
And if you're not there, there are also clues on how to get to the path. And you can start making these choices to get there. If you have questions, talk to me afterwards. Let's pray. Oh, Father, help us to walk in the the way of wisdom, to seek after wisdom, to, to, to in the getting of anything that we would get wisdom. Oh, God, it's by your counsel. It's, it's by the goodness that you want for us that you give it without finding fault to anybody who asks. And so, God, we ask, and I ask on behalf of all of us, and I encourage all of us to ask in, in your heart, oh, Lord, Give me wisdom. Give us wisdom that we can walk in that way. Get through what we have to get through. Get past what we should get past. And avoid the things we should avoid. Oh God, may our lives make you smile as we walk with you on that path of wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's continue in prayer with the prayers of the people. I invite you to kneel as you are able.